Um, as I, Ryan said, I'm, uh, I'm Bill. I, uh, I don't often go by pastor because um, I just serve my Lord, and, uh, and uh, um, I, don't, I don't need any, any recognition for that, for that say there. And I, would, I uh, always encourage, you know, that, that you're, you, each one of us here is a minister to the Lord. And uh, I want you to know that and do that. We're going to be talking. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be um, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 3 for the most part. But as I was working on this message all week, um, I kept going back into chapter 2 and chapter 1. And so I did not send all those verses that I'm using in chapter 1 and chapter 2 to be on the screen. So you'll need to use your phone or your, uh, or your uh, um, paper Bible and and uh, bounce around, and I'll, I'll read them out to you, and I'll give you a little bit of a heads up when we get to them, you know, so that you can do them, but they're, it's only a couple pages that you'll be flipping back and forth between, and uh, um, I, I also wanted to uh, just encourage you, pray for Pastor Sally, he's driving back today, um, he's, he rode his bike out to visit family this week, and uh, up and uh, up north, and uh, he's coming back today, so pray for his safe travels, and as Ryan said, I've been in ministry for a long time, and uh, um, I still don't feel worthy of it, but uh, currently, uh, I'd ask you guys to pray for me. And I know um, there's prayer cards, I believe, that um, somewhere around here <laughs> that uh, I want to encourage you just to um, fill those out. And if you don't put anything on them, maybe they're not in there, but um, I, I know that Pastor Sal would like to pray for you online. I don't know uh, um, if we have a way that you can just type in a message or uh, do that, but just nothing more that a pastor likes to do than to... Um, pray for those that they get the opportunity to minister to. So if the only thing that you want to do is just put your name down, let them know that you're here or you're watching online. Um, and, and if you want me to pray for you, I'd love to do that. Just, just you know, make it direct to me, and I'm sure Pastor Sal will get it to me, and I'll, I'll lift you up. But uh, I want to do that for you. But pray for me. Um, as I've been in ministry for a long time, and I'm currently um, in a season where uh, I don't have a church. My church, I uh, was imagine we were 16 years here in San Bernardino, and we closed the doors here in, in January, and uh, we, we met in a school. We had a great relationship with the teachers on, his, on the school campus. We pretty much had the run of the place, and then when COVID hit, the school said, you know, we can't. We'd love to keep you guys on here, but the district is making the decisions on this, and we can't, can't allow you to do that. So we tried to transition to the online thing, and then uh, just slowly came to the, you know, the, the hard decision. It was really, I still find it a little bit emotional, the hard decision that we, we decided that um, that we needed to, to uh, close the doors of Imagine and take a season um, to let the Lord minister to us to, to just point us in the direction that we need to go. And uh, so you guys can be praying for me and my wife on that as we make, um, that we try to hear the Lord. And 1 Samuel is, um, is a powerful um, message on serving the Lord. And it's really, it's like giving me goosebumps right now. It's really one of those uh, messages that really gave me my start in my ministry. But not only that, um, uh, it's, it's powerful to me because um, uh, uh, it talks about, uh, well, and this is where I kept going back. I was, I was originally only going to talk about Samuel, but I kept going back to Hannah a little bit. And uh, um, uh, me and my wife, we were blessed with uh, uh, four beautiful children and uh but um, we were married seven years. Our first two children were, um, were, were adopted, and, uh, and God knew exactly what we needed in them because, like, um, my oldest, she's a lot like me, a big old softy, cries at everything. I mean, just God molded her perfectly. In fact, one of our youth kids at the time, um, there was Ryan Sharon, he took me out um, and, uh, before he was going into the Marines, and he said, you know what, Bill? 
I see God taking a little bit of you and a little bit of Teresa and putting it in this woman over here so that you guys could have your baby. And we, we tried to have children from day one when we got married. We were married seven years before the Lord led us to adoption. There's a whole story behind that um, that we can get into, but I don't got time for that. Um, and then uh, um, uh, uh, our, our second adoption, we, you know, adoptions, you guys know, they usually take a long time to get through. It's, you got all that stuff that, but my first adoption, we were placed with our child after three months, which, which was God's hand. My second adoption, we filed the paperwork. We actually were heading to Mexico and, uh, and I'm going to give you a long, the, the short story of this one too, because this is a long one, because um, my, uh, Jaden here is with us. She was adopted and she had um, somebody that was saved that came to know the Lord that day because of, um, because of uh, uh, her arrival into our family. And, and uh, that was an incredible miracle where um, God intervened in a powerful way where a stranger gave me his truck to drive so that I could drop off some groceries for a trip that we were going to Mexico um, the next day on only, and this is before cell phone times back in the, well, at least we held out on cell phones. Cell phones were out, but me and my wife, we held off on that for a long time. And, uh, and, uh, um, this guy, a complete stranger, working at Sam's Club, says, hey, you know what? I see you got all this stuff here. He knew, uh, I, um, I told him, oh, man, I got to take this stuff to the church. He said, here, use my truck. Brand new truck, paper plates on it. Didn't have anything on it. He says, take my truck, drop that stuff off the church, bring it back. We do that. We get on. We get a phone call. The adoption agency says, hey, you want to come down and pick up your daughter? She's here at the office right now. So we got to go pick her. Um, we got to go pick her up. And, uh, and then I said, that guy that gave us his truck, he had to know what we did. So we went and told him, but we talked to somebody else in the parking lot at the time. And he tells us that guy, um, they got to talking about divine intervention and, uh, the night before, and that guy got to see divine intervention happen right before his eyes that he gave a complete stranger his truck to, um, to get home, to catch a phone call that would have, that we would have missed because we'd have been in Mexico for a week. And, uh, um, we would have not got that phone call. And I was blessed with my second daughter. Our third daughter, Hannah, and uh, um, <laughs> so that's why it's powerful. Hannah is our third daughter, and uh, um, and I was on staff at the church that Ryan was, uh, um, was talking about earlier, where we ministered there, and, and our senior pastor said, um, "People don't believe in miracles anymore." And I want you to ask for something. All the staff, everybody on the staff, not just me, but everybody on the staff. He asked, "I want you to pray for something that only God can do." And uh, so, Lord, I, I've always felt that um, you were going to allow Teresa to get pregnant, and I want that to be my miracle. And three months later, my wife was pregnant and, uh, and uh, with our daughter, Hannah. Now, at the time, um, I knew it all along, but at the time, my, my um, wife didn't realize that, um, that the name that we chose for Hannah was Hannah Elizabeth, two barren women in Scripture. And, uh, and uh, um, it dawned on her afterwards, but I, I knew all along that... Uh, the, um, Hannah, uh, what it meant. And Hannah was the mother of Samuel. And, uh, and so, um, so I'll sh I, I wanted to share a little bit of that with you about Hannah. And I'm going to talk about Hannah a little bit. I'm going to talk about Samuel a little bit. And I'm going to talk about some other things a little bit here and, uh, um, about that. So, so, uh, Hannah, um, she was Samuel's mother. She was a faithful woman. She, she went before the Lord. She petitioned the Lord and, and God didn't let her down. God didn't let her down. He, he uh, he blessed her with with you know with a son. He blessed her with Samuel, and and later on more children, right? And uh, her her faith is is a powerful faith. And I'm not going to go into that because it's not Mother's Day. Mother's Day is coming up, and I don't know what Pastor Sal is going to share on Mother's Day or if he's going to you know where he's going to go. But I know Hannah's used for a lot of Mother's Day messages. But moms are moms are amazing. So so anyway, she uh, she um, she's blessed with Samuel. Um, Samuel goes on to serve um, uh, the people of Israel to serve the Lord 
and, and, and uh, um, Israel faithfully for, for his entire life, right? Samuel faithfully served God and, uh, his entire life. And you can read about all of, all of Samuel's life in, in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel and read about all the things that, that he's accomplished and, and uh, is done that. So quick overview, right, is, is 300 years after Joshua, Samuel, um, God began molding Samuel to be his man, to be his prophet, to be his judge, to be his teacher, uh, you know, to be a, a spiritual leader of Israel. And besides, again, the fact that the, um, uh, uh, um, Samuel had a, a faithful mother, Samuel began to learn the things of the Lord under Eli. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Eli today, too. But he began to learn the things. Eli was a high priest, and he began to learn some things of the Lord under the teaching of Eli at around the age of five years old. And, uh, you know, and as time passed, God began to speak to, to, to him. And the first message that God gives Samuel is for Eli. And you know what? It is not a good message. It is not one of those, those, those messages that you want to go do. And, and, uh, um, my, my introduction into ministry, um, into full-time ministry, uh, because I, when I started ministry, I was a carpenter, you know, and, uh, who would have thought God would have used a carpenter, right? And uh, <laughs> and uh, um, and so anyway, I was working as a carpenter. I've been in the, in the trade for a long time, and uh, and I love love working, building things, and just love to see that kind of stuff there. But anyway, um, uh, we were doing. Um, me and my wife were uh, um, leading the junior high ministry at the time, right? And we'd been doing that for eight years faithfully, and and uh, and loved serving in the junior high ministry. And that's another whole story in itself <laughs> that I could tell you about. Um, I just warn you, don't ever pray for patience and cause God's faithful. And, and so anyway, we're, we're serving in the junior high ministry and loving it and doing a great thing there. And, and, uh, um, uh, um, we just come back, um, from a, a retreat, right. With the high school and junior high ministry, come back from retreat. And, uh, I was tired. I was, you know, I was tired. We were, we were done wiped out. Cause when you do a retreat, you know, it's great for the kids and all at the retreat, but man, as a leader at, at one of these things, you are working nonstop, you know, up late, up, up early, you know, and you're working nonstop. So we were wiped out. And so we're sitting on our couch watching Touch by an Angel and uh, um, love Touch by an Angel. That dates me again still too. So Ryan dated me back already, but, uh, but uh, um, Touch by an Angel, we watch Touch by an Angel and I'm, I'm sitting on the couch and I feel like the Lord says, pick up your Bible and read. And I'm like, no, Lord, I'm tired. And so I'm watching Touch by an Angel. Touch by an Angel, you know, it's a good show. Good, wholesome, got good morals. It's Touch by an Angel. So, uh, you know, I didn't pick up my Bible and read. And I'm, I'm sitting there reading, you know, watching, watching Touch by an Angel. And again, I, hear, I feel like the Lord says, pick up your Bible and read. And, uh, and uh, um, like, no, I ignore it. And then um, finally, um, Touch by an Angel, there's a scene. It's got Monica and all the angels in there doing their thing. And it's all of them are active in it. And there's a lion in this episode of Touch by an Angel where it's representing the, 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 um, the Spirit of God being in there. And God is intervening in a powerful way. And I hear the Lord again just say, pick up your Bible and read now. And so I pick up my Bible and read now. And I begin to read in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And, uh, and, uh, um, and I'm like just... Like whoa, and, and and I wasn't even in my on my uh, own reading. I'm I'm reading in my personal reading. I'm reading in the New Testament at the time. I'm not even reading in the Old Testament at the time. But I just pick it up and I begin to read in First Chapter, First Samuel Chapter One, and uh, and and um, long story short, when we're going to get into that that whole story here in a second, but um, it was the Lord spoke to me and said that that um, told me that um, 
that I'm going to um, confront um, the the head youth pastor over some issues that that needed to be addressed. And um, I I was I was terrified when I got done reading through that. I was terrified. I I didn't want to do it. I'm a non-confrontational guy. I'm I'm really like Ryan said. I'm a people person. I want to love on people. I want to minister to people. I want to be there for people. I don't want to confront and be hard and and take a hard stance against people, um, except when it compromises the word of God. And, and, uh, Lord spoke to me and said that you're, I need you, you're going to go and you're going to address an issue. And, and long story short is uh, we, we addressed an issue that needed to be addressed and, and, uh, um, we took, and here's the important thing is that we took action because we're going to see in a second, Eli, um, he, ha he has a choice you know, to do. And, and either you're going to take action for the Lord or you're not going to take action for the Lord. I mean, the Lord do it his own, but he uses us in his ministry and we're either going to stand on what's true or we're not going to stand on what's true. We're going to stand on what's right or we're not going to stand on what's right. So, um, so Samuel, back to Samuel, um, uh, he, uh, he gets a message he's got to tell Eli and it, and it's one that's not going to be, it's not going to be a good one. And, uh, you know, Samuel is, is you know, jumping past that because that's where we're going to spend most of our time today. But Samuel, he grew in the Lord. He, he became faithful in the Lord. He delivered many messages of the Lord. He even called Israel to repent. And, and, uh, and uh, he served God, all, you know, all the days of his life. And, uh, and uh, you know, people began to follow him because they knew that God had been, had, has, was with him. You know, and uh, Samuel anointed King Saul. He, uh, he also told King Saul that God's going to take the kingdom from him. He anointed King David. And, uh, and uh, um, all that began back again with, with a faithful mom, Hannah, who prayed and God answered her prayer. And uh, um, Samuel, uh, 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 um, Hannah, she, uh, she made a vow to God about, um, you know, praying to God earnestly and asking God to, to meet um, to meet a need in her life or a desire in her life, a want in her life. And she made a vow. And in 1 Samuel 1.11, which is, it won't be in your thing. So 1 Samuel chapter 1.11, it says that, and she made a vow saying, Oh Lord Almighty, if you only look upon your servant's misery. And I want you to, if you highlight your Bible, I want you to check, um, highlight the word servant. Highlight the word servant. Because it's really important that we understand that, that we are a servant of the Lord. It doesn't matter if you're saved and you've never had a, a, um, a Bible class in your life, you know, other than coming to church there, you are a servant of the Lord. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, you're a servant of the Lord. So, so Hannah, she goes, um, ha, um, look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. And then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. So she she, she recognizes who she is. She's a servant of the Lord. She, she's faithful to the Lord. And she says, Lord, if you grant me this, I'll, I'll give him back to you. He'll be yours. When he is of age, when he is weaned, I will give him back to the service of, uh, of, of the Lord. And so one year, you know, Hannah, she's, she's a barren woman. She's not able to have children. She's agonizing. And there's this whole thing with, with her husband. At, at the time, her husband had a, a, um, another wife that would taunt her and ridicule her and make her cry and drive her to tears and really um, just rub it in that she was not able to have children, and she was having, every time she turned around, this, this wife would have a kid left and right. 
you know, and, uh, but God had not opened Hannah's womb at the time. And then Anna, Hannah, she, she, she humbles herself and, and says, your servant, if you, if you bless your servant with this child, I will give him back to the service of, of the Lord. And here's the thing. Prayer changes things, right? It, it, it changes prayer and devotion changes things. In verse 20 of, of chapter one, it says, so in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son named Samuel saying, because I asked the Lord for him. You know, again, prayer and devotion to the Lord really changes things. When, when we're committed, it really changes things. One year, Hannah, one year, when, you, when you go back and read chapter 1, one year, Hannah was praying so hard in the temple that Eli thought that she was drunk. And he came and confronted her and says, Anne, you know what, woman, get rid of your wine and, and, and you know, get rid of that. And she says, she says in, in, verse, uh, in verse 15, she says, Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking beer or wine or beer. I pour out my soul I'm pouring out my, I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Now, now I'm not saying that, that you need to pray in a way that where you look crazy or you look drunk. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you pray in a way that you're committed, that you, you pray with purpose. You pray with devotion to the Lord and, and, and you pray with, with the, the, the knowledge that there is nothing too bad, too big for God. There is nothing too big for God that, that he can't, he can't, um, he can't uh, manage. And so here's the question that I want to ask you as we get ready to, to transition into um, Samuel and Eli is, is, are you committed to, to the Lord? Are you a servant of the Lord? Are you, are you committed to the Lord? Will you go to the Lord regardless of what the answer may be, regardless of what your situation is? Are you committed and are you a servant of the Lord? That's the question we need to answer. Are you missing out on blessings because you know, you've not surrendered an area of your life to him? An area you've not, you know, including your children. You know, have you not surrendered your children over to the Lord? Because you know what? They're a gift from Him. Scripture tells us that children are a gift from the Lord. And, and you know, especially for somebody that, I mean, obviously this is personal for me and Teresa. We're having trouble having kids immediately. Um, um, we, we really got a full understanding of that. But a, but a child is a gift from the Lord. And, and will you give that gift back to the Lord? Do you give the things that the Lord has given you back to him? And as we'll see with, with Eli more than the Samuel, is God having to work around you because you're not listening to what he's asking of you? Before we were blessed with children, the Lord spoke to us. And we had, at the time, we had 200 kids in our youth ministry. And at the time um, that, that the Lord answered us, he, he says, what are you asking me for? I've given you 200 children. And, we're, and we, we humbled ourselves. We're like, Lord, you know, we're sorry. And, and we humble ourselves and says, we are your servant. And if this is our children that you've given us, then, then we're going to be content with that. And then God opened the door of adoption and then eventually opened the blessing of, of um, Teresa becoming pregnant and then even blessed us with one more child through adoption. Um, you know, that uh, did that. And it's, it's been an amazing gift. But, but is God having to work around you because you're not listening? And it's important that we understand the, um, that, that we're listening to the Lord right now because we're going to see two people that they heard God, but one was listening and one was not, you know, and so it's important. And, and here's, I should have put the definition of this because there is a difference between listening because you know what, when my mom, when I was, a, I was a rebellious teenager, when my mom would tell me something and she said, Bill, did you hear me? And I would say, yes, I heard you, but I wasn't listening because I went out and did my own thing again, you know, and, uh, 
And, and that's the case. We can listen but, but, or, or hear, but listening is actually taking action. I'm listening. I want to know. I want to see. I want to know what's going on. I want to make change. And so we're going to see that there's a difference between hearing and, and, and listening. And so, so um, you know, Eli and, and Samuel both, they, they heard God, but one was listening and one, one wasn't. Now, I had planned on uh, um, doing a little thing here um, where I was going to have my wife stand in the hallway with some keys and some change, and I was going to have them drop, you know, and I wanted to see what the response was that with those two sounds there. But the thing is, is that um, we would make no mistake of coins falling on the ground and doing that. Why? Because we're attuned. Money has got value. You know, money has got value. Keys hit the ground. Yeah, we may, may not look. It's not going to be that big deal. But when money hits the ground, our attention is, is turned. And here's the thing. With us listening to the Lord, we need to put value on the things that the Word of God says. Getting into the Word of God, listening to what God's leading us in our lives. We need to have value in that because it's easy to get into a routine of being a Christian and walking with the Lord and not really listening to what the Lord is, is, is calling us to, to do. And so... Um, Think about that. What value do you play um, that you put on on the words of the Lord? You know, because that'll be really really important that that you do that. So it'll affect your response to that. So First uh, Samuel chapter two, we'll get to Samuel chapter three. Hopefully, I won't run late. I try not to be a long winded preacher, but um, but uh, um, chapter two verse twelve, it's talking about Eli's sons, and this is what it says in verse twelve of chapter two. It says Eli's sons were wicked men. They had no regard for the Lord. Then jumping into chapter 3, in verse 7, it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, um, did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to them. And there's here's two different settings. You know, one's one um, it, it, you know, uh, um, it with two different hearts. One's heart's hardened, and the other one is is open to receive the things of the Lord. And so the, um, there's, there's a, a natural hearing and then there's a spiritual hearing that takes place. Revelation chapter 2, verse 7 says, and, and you can look through all through Scripture. All through Scripture you're going to see, um, he who has hears, let him hear, right? In Revelation um, chapter uh, 2, verse 7, it says, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church, right? It says what the Spirit says to the church. And the reason I chose that one is to be clear because people, the fact that you are here, you know that you are the church. You're the church. The second that you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you are the church. And as Ryan said earlier, you know, we are to take Jesus out as the church, take him out to the world. So uh, first 10 verses in, uh, um, in uh, um, chapter, chapter 3, we're going to take a look at. So let's go ahead and, and should have started with this, but let's go ahead and ask the Lord to... Uh, to um, reveal to us his truths as we get into chapter three here. So Father, we, uh, we are grateful that we can uh, uh, be in your presence, that we can be in your house today, Lord. And Lord, as we get into um, look, taking a look at Samuel and Eli, we ask that you would open our hearts, Lord, open our minds, let us receive your truths and let us listen and respond to them. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, uh, chapter three, verse one, and this will be up there for you. Um, cause I, uh, uh, that, so chapter three, verse one, 
And it says, the boy um, Samuel ministered before the Lord in those days. Um, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes um, uh, were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in in his usual place. The lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out, and Samuel was laying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark um, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, "Here I am." And then ran. He ran uh, to Eli, and he said. Here I am. You called me. But Eli uh, said, I, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and, and, and lie down. Uh, again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Your ser- um, or here I am. You, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, uh, Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the Lord, um, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy, so so, um, Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and um, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in the place, um, in his place, and the Lord came and stood before him, calling as he did the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Um, then Samuel said, "Speak, Lord, your servant is listening." So, um, so here, here's uh, here's Eli, here's Samuel. They've been doing their 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 duties in in the in the temple all day. They're tired. They're turning in for the night, you know, and and uh, you know they're they're wiped out. And then God God speaks. God speaks, and I can't tell you how many times I've gotten that phone call in the middle of the night, and I did not want to get up out of bed and go respond to that, you know. But you know what? As a servant of the Lord, you get up and you respond to that. You know, you get up and 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 you 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 respond to what God's calling. So they're turning in, you know. But Eli, you know, he's he's done for the day. Samuel, he hears he hears something. Eli's done for the day. He rolls over. He goes to sleep. He's done. Now there's several things in this passage that we're not going to get into that talks about um, um, about uh, Eli's eyes being heavy and the lamp getting ready to go out. We're not going to touch base on, um, on, on those there because we're, we're, we're going to focus on a response that these two had. But, but um, Eli, he's, he's done, and uh, God speaks, and Samuel jumps up, and he goes and investigates, right? He gets up. God spoke. He gets up. He says, like, what's going on, Lord? Or what's going on? He thought Eli, his master, was calling him. His, the high priest was calling him, so he runs into there, and, and uh, he goes and asks him. And, and Samuel goes into Eli not once, you know, but twice, and uh, and Eli fails to recognize that God, that something's going on. He fails to ask God, this, you know, what is it that that you're doing here, right? And he rolls back over a second time and goes back to sleep. Then a third time comes, and then it dawns, um, it dawns on on uh, Eli that God is speaking to the boy. He's speaking to Samuel, and so he, you know, and I imagine at this point that um. A, a cold shiver goes up Eli's back, right? Because of an encounter that, that he had with the Lord um, back in chapter 2. You know, he has this encounter with the Lord back in chapter 2 um, regarding his sons. And uh, again, verse 12 of chapter 2, um, I read it once, but it says that Eli's sons were wicked men and they had no regard for the Lord. And so the rumor of Eli's sons had gotten back to Eli. He, he, he was aware of what his sons were doing. In fact, we'll take a look at it in verse 22 of chapter 2, verse 22 of chapter 2, um, 
And, and it says this, it says, now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing uh, um, to all of Israel and how they slept with the women who served at the entrance of the tent of, of med, a tent of meetings. He, he said to them, why do you do such things? I, I, I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. My sons, or, or no, my sons, it is not good. It's not a good report that I hear spreading among the Lord's people. If a man sins against another man, God may mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke. Right? So here's the thing. Eli, he hears the rumors about what his sons are doing. The, the sins that his, his sons are doing. And he even went to them and addressed address the issue with him. But here's the thing. As a servant of the Lord, he didn't take actions regarding that. He didn't take action regarding that. He had two responsibilities here. One, they were his sons. He needed to address it and take action. And two, he was the high priest and these sons were serving in the house of God. He had an obligation to take the matters into his hands. And he failed to do both. You know, as a servant of the Lord, he wasn't listening. He heard the sins and the accusations. He addressed them, but he wasn't listening to the, to the seriousness of the situation. I mean, he had an obligation and a responsibility to do that. You know, and he might have been distracted. He, after all, he was the high priest, right? He had lots of responsibilities he had to take care of, you know, and he, you know, and, and he was busy. And, you know, maybe he was thinking, well, you know, they're young, they're young boys. They're just sowing some wild oats. They're eventually going to come around, you know, and, and, uh, you know, uh, here's the thing. We're not to take sin lightly, period. We're not to take sin lightly. You know, it, it needs to be addressed immediately and not allowed to continue because here's the thing. And, and, and uh, sin before a holy God is evil. Here's the problem is that we color code our sins. We color code our sins. Oh, this one's yellow. It's not so bad. You know, this one, yeah, it's a little shade of purple. It's, it's okay. This one's red. You know, maybe we really shouldn't mess around with that one. These ones are black. We shouldn't touch them at all. The, no. David said it best. David said it best. He said it in um, Psalms 51.4. It says, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil. David called out his sin. He recognized that his sin was evil. He had a, an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. And we know that the rest of that spiraled out of control into murder and, and, and the whole nine yards. But here's the thing. Sin is evil before a holy God. Eli should have known this. Sin is evil for all God. And not only that, a double understanding that when you serve the Lord, you don't mess with that. You don't mess with the evil. You don't, you don't do it. And his boys, they didn't listen to the rebuke. They, con they continued on. You know, Eli didn't take action to correct the, the sins of his son, the evil that his sons were committing. You know, and, uh, and he should have. And, 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 uh, you know, and because of that neglect, God spoke to him again and sent a messenger. You know, the first time that God spoke to him, Eli got warning. Eli got warning that this was coming. The first time that Eli got the warning from God, God let his people tell him. You know what? Um, I listen to the church. My church, the, the people start saying things. I listen. I want to find out what's going on with it. You know, I, I want to know what's going on, what's in the heart of the people. And if they're telling me something's going on, I need to make sure that I deal with it. 
you know? So the church, it says, it says originally that, that, that um, God let his people tell Eli, hey, Eli, there's something going on. You need to get your house in order. You know, your boys are doing some things that are absolutely evil before God. So Eli does it. He hears it. He, he comes in and gives his boys a little smack on the hand. That's all he did. A little smack in the hand. He had an obligation as a servant of the Lord to deal with that sin in the church, in the house of God, in the tent of meetings. You know, he had an obligation to address that, not only as his father, but as the, but as the, as the pastor, you know, as the high priest. Yeah. And um, in verses, uh, uh, chapter 2 again, verse 27, the first part, and the last part of verse 29, uh, he says, he says, Now a man of God came to Eli and said to him, This is what the Lord says. And then uh, verse 29, the end of it says, Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel? So the Lord is clearly speaking, but Eli, as a servant of God, was not listening. He heard, but he wasn't listening. You know, he, he, he heard, he just wasn't listening. Then in verse, uh, verse 30, it says, The Lord, um, therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, and it goes on to give these consequences that... Uh, begin to show up, as, as I said in those um, part of the section that we just read in the first 10 verses. But he goes and gives a list of consequences that is going to become Eli and his household and, and his family. And then picking up in verse uh, 40, or, or 34 in chapter 2, and it says, uh, And what happened to your, um, your sons? Uh, um, uh, I always brutalize the names. Um, Hophni and, and Phineas will be assigned to you. They will both die on the same day, and I will rise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. I will firmly establish his house, and he will minister before, uh, before my anointed ones always. And so what's amazing is that even after this, after God sends a second messenger, Eli still doesn't do anything. He still doesn't take the man, the, the um, matter into, into hand, you know, and he may have thinking, you know, believe me, because I I, 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 I can relate to Eli a little bit on this, because when I know I have a big confrontation to come on, man, I just, I want to sleep it off and hope I don't have to do it the next day, you know, but, but the difference is, is that if, if God doesn't, you know, uh, uh, um, give me a reprieve that next day, I got to go do it, you know, I got to go do it, so I'd imagine maybe Eli went, Went to sleep thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to sleep it off, you know. He, and, but here's the thing, he must have forgotten. He must have forgotten because in, in Romans chapter 14, verse 12, it says this. It says, so then each of us will give an account um, of himself for, um, to God. I'm accountable to God. You're accountable to God. You know, one of the biggest things that, that, that um, when I was called into ministry that, that, um, I was humbled by and I was afraid of, and I was like, no, Lord, you wouldn't do that to me, was the fact that a leader in the church stands in the front of the line on the day of accountability. We, we are called to account first, you know, for our actions. And so I take, I take that serious. When there, was, when there was sin or rumor of sin, I need to get in there and address it and do the best that I can to do it. I don't want to do it. That's not my nature. But I have an obligation before the Lord, that when I'm in ministry, that I I gotta go, I gotta go take an account those that are committing evil in the house of God. I can't say, well, you know, they're gonna grow out of it. You know, oh, you know, they're they're young, they don't know any better, they're gonna get better. No. You have to you have to go address it. 
You have to show plainly in the Word of God. This is what the Word of God says. You know, and we can't we can't continue in this. You know, we gotta we gotta address that. So because I'll give an account. So now Samuel he gets his call. He gets his call for the Lord. And uh, uh, verse ten uh, through fourteen. We'll take a look at that. Uh, so chapter three, ten through fourteen. And it says, the Lord came and stood there calling at the, as he did the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then, um, then Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. At the time, I will carry out against Eli everything that I had spoken um, that I had spoke against his family from beginning to end, for I told him that I would I would judge his family forever uh, because of the of the sin he knew about. His sons were made them uh, made themselves contemptible, and and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. <clears throat> So here's what I love about our, 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 our God, our Savior. He gives us ample opportunity to repent and change. He doesn't give you one warning. He doesn't give you two warnings. He is long-suffering. But when we fail to respond to it, then, he's, then he's, he's, you force his hand. You force his hand. When you fail to respond to his call, you force his hand. Eli had plenty of opportunity to address the issue and, and take his boys into account, but he failed to do so. And here's what I love about Samuel. Uh, as I already read a, a couple times already today, in, in verse chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The, the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. I love the fact that Samuel was in the house of the Lord, serving the Lord, but yet had not known the Lord yet. This was his moment. But here's, what the, here's the difference between that. Samuel was in there. He was, serving, he was serving the Lord, doing the things of the Lord. And then God spoke to him. And what did he do? He made himself available used by the Lord. And then his ministry took off when he made himself available to the Lord. He didn't say, you know what, I don't know who you are, Lord. I didn't do that. He knew. He recognized the voice of the Lord. And he responded to it. He, uh, he, uh, <clears throat> you know, he, he, um, his response was, uh, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And he truly desired to, to, to bring glory to God. You know, he had a faithful mom that, that was, that, that did everything that she, that she did to raise him in the Lord. When, when, she, when he was weaned, she, she brought him over to the house, to the, um, to the temple of God, to the, to the temple of the tabernacle. And, and, uh, Gave him to Eli to raise him up in the Lord. He brought him um, to Eli to, to be raised in the things of the Lord. And Eli, um, Samuel was, was taught by Eli and raised, you know, of the things of the Lord. And here's the thing. Eli's sons were also raised in that same environment. But yet we have Samuel that responded to the Lord and Eli's sons that, that went the entire opposite direction uh, of the Lord. And when, when the um, time for Samuel's call came, he said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel wasn't, and here's the thing, Samuel wasn't there, he wasn't there um, to seek fame and fortune and recognition, right? He, 
He was there to serve the Lord because he knew that Eli's sons were in line before him. You know, the, the, he, he wasn't there to, 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 to grab fame or to grab a position. You know, he, he knew what, what, what position he had in. And so uh, Samuel was there just to serve. He was there just to serve. And when the Lord spoke, he spoke, Lord, your servant is listening. You know, speak. And so, um, he, and we also see that he had a fear and reverence for God right? He had a fear and reverence for God because in the next few verses that we'll look at in a moment, he knew that the Lord would carry out everything that he said he would do against the house of Eli. He knew that everything that he would do. And so for Eli, it had been some time since he had said, speak Lord for your servant is listening. He, he had already had a cold heart. His, his service in the temple was more mechanical in, in out of habit than, than serving God. And it is possible that Eli was a good teacher, right? It's possible he's a good teacher because Samuel clearly learned some things from Eli in his time under Eli's teaching. He, he learned and he grew, but, uh, but Eli's failure was in raising his sons, you know, and holding them accountable, you know, and even after the Lord had sent word regarding the, 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 their sinful ways. Eli had gone, gotten to the point where he would hear the Lord, but he had stopped listening and being a servant of the Lord, and he should have listened to his own advice that he gave Samuel. When he said, next time that, that um, the Lord speaks, tell him, tell him, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And uh, he should have taken his own advice into that. And Samuel's response was just that. And, and he followed, um, he, you know, he, 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 he followed by fear and reverence as he went, he laid down in the morning, you know, until morning. And in the morning, um, I would imagine this whole situation hit Eli like a ton of bricks, right? Because Eli already has been warned. He's been warned twice. Now, all of a sudden, the kid that he's raising in, in the church hears the Lord. He, you know, listens to the Lord, and he, he realizes, whoa, whoa, I've, I've been bypassed in this. And so now he's beginning to realize that, that the warning that he's been given is about to come on, and it hits him like a ton of bricks the next day because he demands that Samuel tells him everything that the Lord spoke to him. You know, so picking up in verse 15 in chapter 3, and it says, Samuel lay down until the next morning. And then open the doors um, of the house of the Lord, um, a, a house of the Lord. And he was faithful. Uh, he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son, um, Samuel, my son, Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli said, do not hide from me. May God deal with you. Be ever so severely if you hide from me anything he has told you. So Samuel told him, uh, told him everything hiding nothing from him. Then Eli uh, said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew and, um, and he let none of his, of his words fall on the ground. Um, and all, uh, all Israel from Dan to, to Beersheba uh, uh, recognized that Samuel was, uh, was a, a test as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord continued to appear in, in and, and, uh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his words. So Samuel listened. He, Samuel listened and, and wanted to uh, hear what God had and, and serve the Lord, right? Samuel listened when, and was sensitive to the voice of the Lord. Eli had come to that place where he no longer um, served God, served God um, fully or faithfully. And his sons had gotten to the place where they had zero fear or reverence for the Lord. You know, so they, they fulfilled their obligations out of duty, 
you know, they had, oh, I got routines I got to do in the church, and I'm just going to go do this, and, 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 uh, um, and, and, uh, um, I'm going to, you know, go about it just as a mechanical idea. I'm not going to, you know, do anything above and beyond what I have to do. They fulfilled their obligations out of that, out of duty. And they were, you know, and I think they were, they've gotten to the state, like those that Jeremiah spoke about in Jeremiah 17, 23, it says, yet they did not listen or pay attention. They were stiff necked and would not listen or respond to discipline. Eli and his sons, they lost their personal relationship, you know, that, that they had with God at one time, you know, they're, they, they, their rebellion took, you know, you know, it, it, they they came to that point where they sinned against the Lord, and there was there was going to be no no hope for them because they had their opportunity. God was cutting them off, you know. So the question that I ask for, I I, I want to ask you, to, you know, today is is do you respond to the Lord with "Speak, Lord, your servant is listening." Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Because that's what he's called. It's more than a lip service. It's more than knowing what you should do and only talking about it, but it's actually responding to it. That's, that's a relationship, is responding to the call of the Lord and doing the things that he's called you to do, even when it's hard, even when it hurts. I can't imagine Samuel slept a wink that night because this was his pastor. This was his boss. This was the guy that raised him in the Lord that he was going to go and challenge and tell him, God's going to take you out. God's going to take you out. Or do you duck out into the things because they're hard? Our response needs to be, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Let's pray. Father, we, we're humbled that you desire a relationship with us that you desire to speak to us, that there's no go-between, that it is with you and you alone. And Lord, there's some here, there's some online that are watching this right now. There's some that are going to be watching the, the video later that you have spoken to, that you've given a call. And some of those messages that you've given them are messages that, is, that are going to grow, that are going to move them to a different place in their walk with you. And some of those messages are challenges that are going to be hard, they're going to be difficult. And you know those calls that you have for us. Lord, we want to respond as Samuel did. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And we want to take action to that. So Lord, search us and know us. If there's an area that we have not wholly surrendered to you, if there's an area that we're harboring sin, let us recognize that it is evil before you and it will not be tolerated. Forgive us for it. We confess it and we ask your forgiveness. Give us the strength to move past it and through it and to take action against it. There are those of us that, that you've called to a specific ministry and we haven't responded yet. It may be I'm thinking of, of our church where we picked up every time, picking up chairs, Lord, but maybe here it's cleaning. Maybe it's here it's working with the kids. Maybe it's here it's making phone calls, just asking how people are that, that have not been able to attend lately. Maybe it's praying for Pastor Sal, getting together one day and praying for, for Sal. Maybe it's, it's taking care of the landscape on the property. 
Whatever it may be, Lord, let it be a service to you. Because we want to respond to your call. And it may be that we need to get in that right relationship with you first. You've been calling us, surrender yourself, surrender yourself, give yourself to me. Well, we give that first to you. Right now, we recognize that we are sinners and that we cannot make it on our own. And then we need the blood of Christ as that atoning sacrifice to cover the sin, the evil that we committed. And we accept that. And as Romans 10, 9 says, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, that God, you raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. Well, we believe that. We accept that, that that sacrifice was for us and that he raised on the third day to restore that relationship with you for us. So we're yours, Lord. Speak. Your servant is listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, thank you guys for being here. Again, uh, as uh, Ken shared with you earlier, lots coming up. I want to challenge you. Those that are online, um, those of you who are here, um, there's lots of room here. So you, if, if, if you're worried about the social distancing, plenty of room in the sanctuary. I want to challenge you, especially coming up on the Easter season, that... Um, that uh, you come and worship God in his house. And it, I mean, that's okay if you're not ready. That's okay to do it online. We're going to, I'm sure Pastor Charles is going to have it online still and uh, doing that. But you know what? If, if, if you think that you're ready, you know, come wear your mask. You know, we'll wear it if, you, if you're, you know, we're around you if you're not comfortable. Um, and uh, come join us. We'll make sure that you have plenty of seating here. Uh, I think some of this is actually going to be done outside even. So, um, so you won't have to worry about being in a building um, with them, but we'll be outside of that. But, you know, we have the, the Passover meal coming. That's on the 28th. Make sure that, uh, that uh, you check that out. And then uh, Good Friday service as well. Um, I know uh, Ken said we, that, uh, that they hadn't done that in some time. And, uh, again, I want to challenge you that. Sunrise will definitely be outside, so dress warm for that on, on Easter uh, Sunday. And uh, come enjoy that. The, the amphitheater outside is beautiful. If you haven't been on the property lately, it's, it's done it's ready to go. It's beautiful. Lots of room out there. And then, uh, um, obviously, we want you to come and celebrate the, uh, the, um, uh, the resurrection of our Savior on Easter Sunday as we come together and, and with the world, and we, we celebrate that day. And so we definitely have that. And as well, I'd love to, I know Pastor Sal would love to pray for you, send him a message, pray for you, lift you up, uh, pray for me. You know, as uh, I'm in that season where I'm saying, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. And I want the Lord to, to I, want the, I want the handwriting on the wall pointing for my direction. But, uh, you know, sometimes he doesn't give it to me that way. But I would love to have that, that response. So pray that, that he, would, he would lead me to where um, me and my wife are going to uh, um, plant our feet again and begin back. And, and if it's a season to wait on him, we want to know that too. And, uh, and that's, that's where we're at. So God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. And uh, we will hope to see you next week as Pastor Sal comes back. And, uh, and uh, keep him in prayers. He's driving home on his bike on this cool day. So God bless you guys. We'll see you later. What's that? Pastor Sal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's doing really well. He's, uh, he's recovered really well. So, so thank you guys again. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys next time around.